hun, it's me, Danielle. I am a licensed clinical mental health counselor, and I'm here to talk about all the ways multi-level marketing and mental health do not mix. It is important to know that this podcast is not meant to diagnose or for treatment. This podcast is based off of personal experiences and opinions, and is meant to educate and entertain. Now sit back and start healing with me on this episode of From Huns to Humans. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, hon. Welcome to this episode of From Huns to Humans, brought to you by ThriveMind. Whether you're at a crossroads with your career, wanting to scale your side hustle, or want to start a new business, there are places down the road to change where you might feel stuck and need the experienced help of someone who has been there. Enter ThriveMind. ThriveMind is both a boutique marketing company for your small business, and most importantly, a coach and advocate to help you get your small business off the ground effectively and sustainably. Allie Heatherly, former Avon Hun and anti-MLM advocate, is the principal of ThriveMind and has 10 years of experience in business operations and can give you the tools to reach your goals. Visit thrivemindllc.com today to schedule your free no-commitment call to help jumpstart your side hustle business or career change today. That's thrivemindllc.com to make the big change today. Okay. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of From Hunts to Humans. I am really excited today to talk to Claire. Um, Claire has been in seven different MLMs, and we are going to take a ride on the journey through her MLM life, and I'm excited to hear everything. Um, welcome Claire. Thanks. I'm excited to be here. Um, okay. So, um, I started with MLMs back in 2015, um, which obviously at that time, MLMs, I think were exploding on social media. And so they were just always kind of there. Um, and I was in a relationship at that point for about four years, um, with lack of better terms, a narcissist, um, who, had taken my social circle from, you know, everybody that I had known in high school and college and my family and had reduced it down until I had basically him and one friend. Um, so the only way that I could feel like I could make friends, um, was on the internet and MLMs was a good way for me to feel like I had a community. So for a long time, I think that was why I got into MLMs and why I stayed in MLMs. Um, and why I kept jumping around trying to find that community where I felt like I fit. Um, for me, I don't feel like MLM was ever about making money. Um, even in all the years that I was in it, the seven years, eight years that I did MLMs, it was, I feel like I always kind of had it in the back of my head, like, you're not going to make any money doing this, but it was the community that drew me in and the community that kept me in for so long. 
I think that that's really interesting and such like a good point to make because um, I think that's something that a lot of people have talked about is that we join for the community. And I think that you bring up a good point of like, I, I think a lot of people's stories on this podcast so far have been more of like struggling to make friends. And we haven't really talked about how like being in an abusive relationship can um, make it so emotionally abusive specifically in this case um or that we're talking about is like you know you lose a lot of your friends you lose a lot of your social connections and like it's scary and it's hard and it's really hard to make friends as an adult um so I'm really glad that you made that point (laughs) yeah yeah it's and that really is kind of what it came down to I mean I didn't join any of these MLMs because I hated the products I mean obviously like I was drawn to them because I liked the products, Um, but I also just wanted to make friends. But then the sad thing at the end of all of it is I'm basically back where I started. I mean, like in seven years, I've made other friends in other places. And since I've gotten out of that relationship in 2018, um, you know, I've had more freedom to go and go out and do things and meet people and experience things. Um, But I'm almost in the same place I started in because none of those friendships were real. And I've struggled with that a lot because I'm, I'm an Enneagram too. So I'm, I'm a helper. I'm a feeler. I feel things very deeply. And so, I mean, for me, that was really emotional of the fact that I thought these people were my friends. And once I became not a paycheck to them and not somebody that they could coach and push to sell I haven't heard really from any of them until I officially put my cancellation in to the three that I had left um to that they were like oh hey you quit and actually one of them never even I didn't even hear from her so you know obviously those weren't really true friends so that was that was the struggle for me for sure yeah it's really really hard um, so I started with Jamberry back in 2015, which I feel like nobody talks about anymore because they aren't around anymore. Um, but when I started with them in 2015, it was kind of a big thing. Color Street hadn't really, I, at least in my view of social media, I hadn't seen a lot of Color Street. I had really only seen Jamberry and I don't remember how I met the girl. I mean, it was probably, I was in some other person's Jamberry party or some other MLM party like I met all these people through other MLMs I mean it's all very as Roberta says incestuous that like everybody talks to each other and supports each other Um, and so I signed up with Jamberry in July of 2015 I was with them for a little over a year and I really ended up leaving I think they came out with Disney. And I remember being so excited about that. We went to a movie theater, like a local movie theater. And we did like, they had like little pop-up conferences um, where you could go to a movie theater and watch it on a big screen. Um, And I remember being so excited. I think I was crying that they were coming out with Disney nail wraps. And like looking back on it now, it's like I was crying (laughs) over Disney nail wraps, but I was. And so that was kind of the peak of it, but then they started this merge conversation. And I think that was kind of the first beginnings before they 
kind of yeah, canceled everything. Um, and that's when I kind of trailed off from, from Jamberry effectively. And I still, I still think, I think this last time I moved, I finally threw them away, but I still had like Jamberry nail wraps six years later. Um, but that, so that was my time in Jamberry, which was my very first one um, in 2015. So, and then I had a break. Uh, let's see. I had Did my you like officially memory. leave Jamboree or, or? I don't think I ever really like, I think I didn't have enough if I remember correctly, cause it was a while ago. Um, I didn't like meet my PV requirements by the end of the year kind of thing. And so then I was like auto terminated because I hadn't sold a lot. And I guess I should preface the fact that like, I've never really ranked a lot in these things because I never recruited anybody, which as we all know is how you rank up in these companies. Yeah. <laughs> it's not because you're selling stuff. Um, the only, I think I ranked, um, later on in when I, when I was in mascara, but it, that their first rank was purely based on sales. Um, and then beyond that, you had to have, um, team, a team below you. And I never recruited anybody in any of these MLMs that I was in. So ranking was just not something that happened. And I wasn't, I feel like nail wraps is a very specific thing. And I just, I felt like, and that's how I felt when I quit. It was like, oh, well, that one didn't work out. So maybe I can sell soap. <laughs> Everybody needs soap. <laughs> exactly. And that's how they get you because like, you know, it's like they try to show you how like the market is better for whichever MLM you're going to like everyone uses soap, like even men use soap. So you can sell to literally everyone. Right. And that's, and you know, that. So that's where I went next. I went to Perfectly Posh. Um, that was, let's see, August, September, October, November, December. December. That was about six months after I left Danbury. So I had a little break where I don't remember having thoughts of like, oh, well, MLMs are scammy and I don't ever want to be in them again. I think I was kind of shopping around of like which one I wanted to do next. Um, and I had everything else. You know, I think I'm trying to think timeline wise. No, we, we had bought our house prior to that. So that wasn't, that wasn't why I had the break. I think it was mostly just like, okay, which one do I want to do now? Um, so then I joined perfectly posh in February of 2017. Um, and I was with them again for, um, a little over a year. Um, and again, it was like, Oh, I can sell They sell soap and lotions and bath bombs and all this stuff. Um, I'm like, oh, well, I can sell that. And again, it was another community of other people. And the girl I signed up with was actually local to me. Um, and we would like go out for lunch and do these things. And so it's like, oh, cool. I like, I really have like a physical friend in front of me. It's not, you know, somebody that lives across the country that I'm never going to meet in real life. Um, and so that really felt like, okay, cool. I have, I have somebody like that firmly will be a good leader and a good friend. Um, and then she joined LuLaRoe and she kind of let her posh business go to the wayside business. I guess I'll say that in quotes, um, go to the wayside. And she joined LuLaRoe with 
um, I guess that was when they were still allowing people to join as like pairs of people. Um, and so they, that was kind of her main focus at that point. Um, and I actually believe she still is selling LuLaRoe, which always surprises me with everything that has happened. So sad. So <laughs> I just, it, it blows my mind actually that people still sell LuLaRoe after the documentaries that have come out in the last year. Yeah, I'm like, it's so hard, especially now that we're on the other side, it's so hard to be like, there's literally like two documentaries, three documentaries, but like Vice, LuLaRoe, and uh, mm -hmm. Lula Rich and The Rise and Fall, there are three documentaries about LuLaRoe. How are people filling it? I know. Um, well, but I guess, you know, if you put your MLM goggles back on, it, to them, they're probably just like, oh, well, that's just, that's just nothing. You know, that's just some crap that this documentary is putting together and documentaries are always one-sided anyways. I mean, actually I'll digress for just a second because it is kind of crazy and it fits into that. But true crime is kind of the same way that I watched this one true crime documentary about the same case. And then I watched another true crime documentary about the same case. And they're two totally different. Like from one, the guy killed, killed his wife, pushed her down the stairs, case closed. And then I watched this other one and I'm like, I've heard this story before, but it was totally from the other side. And I think that can be applied here that like, we think they're guilty and that would be the documentary that we would write. But from the other side of it, they have their perspective of the world and to them, LuLaRoe's innocent. Right. So. And I, I I think it's like a really unique perspective. Like after you've kind of healed a little bit on your way out of MLM, you can kind of reflect back and be like, oh yeah, I remember, like, I remember being in an MLM and I remember, you know, people telling me that I was in a cult and I remember people telling me I was in a pyramid scheme. And I remember being like, they just don't get it. Yeah. They don't understand because you are so brainwashed. You can't see the other side. And that's the issue, right? Is that- yep. You know, you can't look at someone else's opinion and be like, oh, well, like, I wonder why they're saying this um, and, you know, take the time to hear people out. Yeah. And I think the whole time I was in MLM, just to kind of continue on this path before I get into a big one, the one I was in the longest, um, I think that, gosh, where was I going with that? Just like right out of my brain. Hmm. Yeah, it's gone. I don't remember. It'll come back to me, maybe. No worries, no worries. <laughs> that just happens. Um, but uh, yeah, anyway, so while I was still in Perfectly Posh, though, I discovered mascara. Um, I joined a party of somebody who I believe I met through LuLaRoe, because obviously I purchased way too much LuLaRoe in my time. I have a whole list of things I've purchased from, and I bet it's not complete. Um, because I still find stuff in my house. Um, but I joined with her, or I, I discovered mascara with her and I, I loved the product and I admittedly still love the product. Um, I wish that it wasn't an MLM because they do have a great product and it really sucked me in. Um, and I still use it. I put some on my face before I got on this on this podcast and I will eventually once I go through all the 
inventory that I purchased <laughs> will have to find another product, but I'm sure there's one out there. Like cream-based makeup is not something that is unique to mascara saint. It's just not. Um, it is what introduced me to it. And I think that there's something good about that, that, you know, that works for my skin and I like it. And I, um, we'll probably continue using cream-based makeup, but there's a dupe out there. I'm sure. I'm sure Roberta already has a dupe on her list that she's got going. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. Um, and, uh, like there, like, I think there are dupe groups on Facebook and stuff too. Like there are so many places where people find stuff and Roberta talks about this all the time too. And I totally agree with her. Like there are different, like there is a scale of anti-MLM, right. Where it's like, you know, I've tried, like, you can be at the point where you're like, I've tried every single dupe that there is, like, that people have recommended to me. Nothing has worked for me the same. Nothing has, like, worked the way I like it to other than this one product. And, like, at that point, you have to decide, like, is this product what you, like, what you want to make your life work for you? Or do you want to, like, separate from MLM completely? And, like, there's no right or wrong answer. And, like, it's, I think that that's where like the anti-MLM community can be a little mean sometimes because people forget that like we are still just humans trying to figure all of this stuff out and like it's not a crime to like a product. <laughs> right. Well, and I still have I still have a couple Lularoe pieces in my closet that I have left that I like that I wear sometimes. So, I still have the black leggings. I wear them all the time because you know, they haven't died yet. So, but then I have the products I bought from Monet that gave me sores on my scalp that I threw away. <laughs> so, you know, if it's not causing harm to you or, you know, you or your body, I don't, I love the brushes that mascara sells. So I'll probably still use those. But anyway, that really like of all of the products that I have sold, like that, I remember that being like, oh my God, that's amazing. And I had one party with her, um, or I attended a party and then I purchased kind of the little starter palette kind of thing. And I tried it once and I was like, sold. I was like, sign me up. I want to sign up right now. And surprisingly enough at that time, their signups were closed. They weren't allowing new consultants at that time which is always kind of a surprising concept for me with MLMs. Um, I know LuLaRoe did that for a time because they were trying to catch up on manufacturing. So maybe it was something similar. Um, but as soon as it reopened in April of 2018, um, I signed up. I used my tax return to purchase my starter kit. Of course, they always are like, it's tax season, time to sign up for an MLM. Um, use that money that you should pay off your bills with to join a pyramid scheme. Um, and so I used my tax return to purchase the big kit, which I believe was about $400. Um, and it came with products that I could not use myself just to throw that out there. They sell you uh, like a variety of the foundation colors so that you could then of course, you know, do color matches and do people's makeup. And, um, and, and so not all of that $400 was even product that I could personally use on my face. Um, but 
you're supposed to have your full palette of all the colors and all of the different types you got your you know all your colors are your highlight all your colors are your contour all the blush colors and I have all of that in a drawer and I can't bring myself to like throw it away because I spent so much money on it but in reality when COVID hit like I don't this is what I go to work as like I don't I put a little bit of makeup on my face and then that's it so I don't use even half of it anymore but I digress again. So I was with mascara, which then became Saint the longest. Um, and I was, I guess, relatively the most successful um, in selling that, that product over any of the others that I um, ended up selling. Um, let's see, back to my notes here. Um, so I ended up leaving Perfectly Posh in um, June of 2018. So there was a little bit of overlap, but I, because I kind of felt when I signed up, it's like, oh, I could sell both because I've got body products and I've got makeup products. Um, but I quickly kind of realized I didn't want to do that because I was like all in on Saint. I was like, I love these products. I'm not really feeling selling soap anymore. I'm just going to do makeup. I'm going to be a makeup artist because that's what they frame you as. You're a makeup artist, which realizing looking back now is offensive to people that are actually makeup artists. <laughs> so I think that that wording was exactly perfect. They frame you to look like this, like beach body coaches are framed to look like coaches. That's when, another one. <laughs> yeah. When like, you know, you're not a coach and then like a makeup artist like frame and like all of these things is like, just like trying to make you look as though you are these things. Like you're chameleoning, chameleoning. Is that a word? I don't know. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> and with like the profession and in reality, like now that we are out, we know like it's super insulting to the people well, that are actually in the profession. And it really stinks because you didn't it mean does. to do that. And my, my best friend was, she's kind of phased out of it now, but she was a makeup artist. She would go to weddings and do people's makeup and sitting down and talking to her about it. It's interesting because she's like, everybody's skin is different. Like I don't use the same makeup on every single person because everybody's skin is different. And so for a mascara artist to sit here and say, this is going to work on everybody's skin. And this is the only makeup I'll use. And there are mascara artists that go out to weddings and do people's makeup. And they were all excited because the, um, on the bachelor this season, this past season, and on like the, um, the one with the singing that they did, there was like, Oh, her sister's a mascara artist and she did her makeup for all of her stuff. And she, look, she's using mascara and the, and if it works for you, great. And, you know, but it's not going to work for everybody's skin. And I think that's something that really started to rub me the wrong way is people would be um, like, Hey, this isn't working. I'm getting creasing under my eyes or it's getting patchy halfway through the day, or it's not staying on my skin. It's like, well, she needs to do this, this, and this. She needs to put on a primer. Is she using the right primer? Is she setting it with powder? Is she doing this? And it's like, okay, why are we trying to take this thing and make it fit in every mold? Because it just maybe doesn't. Yeah, um, a little bit of a side tangent, but I thought of it and I think it's actually really interesting. And I'm curious what you think about it too. Um, 
I think that it's really interesting how MLM people get um, really excited about when they see a product placed in somebody's home or whatever. Like, you know, I remember when I was in Plexus there, I don't remember what the commercial or like they were featured on Ellen or something like that. Like some, some family that was like F list famous type of like probably more like M list type of person was featured on some sort of talk show and that they were like doing a tour of their tiny home, I'm pretty sure. And um, in there they had like Plexus products and like it wasn't about Plexus at all, but everyone was like, look at there's the products, there's the products. Like they're like, you know, they use anything to legitimize the company. And we're seeing the same thing with um Beyonce saying that her hairstylist uses hair product like Monet hair products on Beyonce. Like, um, like we don't know that. <laughs> right, right. And it's like, okay, cool. So there was like a half a second shot where the the girl on The Bachelor is doing her makeup and you can see that it's the double-sided mascara brush because nobody else makes a double-sided brush. There must be somewhere. Somebody right. makes a double-sided brush. But, but like, who, like... What I, do I care? <laughs> I'm sure that the employees of Kleenex don't get excited every time they see a Kleenex box in somebody's house. Like, right. who cares? Who cares where you yeah. buy or whatever? Yeah, no, I, I, I totally agree. Um, so yeah, anyway, um, then in, let's see, August of 2019, I actually had the um, ability to go to the mascara conference in Las Vegas, which, um, for me as a part of my healing, I think from my divorce was, really exciting for me because I had never been in all the seven years that I was with him on a trip just for me and been able to go on a girl's weekend effectively and like see people and hang out with people and go out and have fun. And so as a part of my healing journey, I think that that trip was really important. Um, as a part of my MLM journey, it was telling in a lot of ways. Um, so I do want to spend a little bit of time talking about that because I think a lot of things happen that I'm sure we've all heard before, um, that, you know, there were these seminars and there'd be a line. I mean, people were talking about which seminars are you going to go to, which seminars are you going to go? Well, I want to go to the one that's run by this person because she's mascara famous and I want to see her. Okay. But I thought we were here to build our business. So shouldn't we maybe be going to this, this class that's about, you know, how to reach out to your customers instead of her sob story class that we're just going to sit there and listen to her, you know, sad life that she had and then mascara saved the day. Because that's what some of them were, which was always kind of bizarre to me that like, okay, this line is like a million people long to see this person just because you want to sit 20 rows back and like see her in person instead of watch her on Instagram, instead of going to something that might actually help you at this time, I thought, build your business. Um, so that was something that happened that I thought was just it was just weird. And then you'd see them and like people were wanting to take pictures with like they're just people. And I mean, I did too. It was like, oh my God, there she is. Can you get a picture? And it was like this big deal. We all like took turns trading phones and taking pictures with her. And it's like, but why? Like, she's not, she's not Beyonce. 
<laughs> she's just some person who was lucky enough to be best friends with the girl who founded this company. And so she's at the top. And I still, like, I firmly believe that that's why, because some of these people, they're like hanging out. You can see on their Instagram, they're hanging out on a Sunday drinking mimosas. Like clearly there's something there. And another person that's at the top is her sister. So it's like, it's all kind of, you know, a little fishy there that like the CEO's sister is one of the top sellers in mascara. Um, that like, okay, so do any of us low lives really have a chance to get up to the top? Probably not because I don't have mimosas with you on a Sunday. <laughs> right, exactly. Like I really question how much of this stuff is rigged. And I think that we saw a lot of those questions answered in uh, Lauren's episode. Uh, I don't know if you listened to that one yet, um, but like, like she strategically like placed herself as a corporate leg, like straight from corporate and like all of this stuff. And like, how much of that stuff is happening? How much are like people essentially getting like benefits of nepotism? Yeah. And I mean, Vegas was fun. Um, they also had like a shop where you could go and like, they were saying they were going to release all these new products. And then I remember being super disappointed because they released like one new product and then like rebranded a bunch of like, well, not rebranded at that point yet, but they gave, sent like a whole bunch of new of the compacts, which by the time I left, mascara I had a billion compacts because they would give you one if you ordered so many tins so I have so I had so many I just got rid of them I just threw them away like what am I going to do with them um and so I was like oh cool we get some new compact designs and one like new lip color like I came all the way out here to Vegas to find out that we got basically nothing um and they had a shop where you could buy all the new stuff. And of course I bought all the new stuff and I bought some swag. I don't know how much I spent on this trip, but it was obviously not covered by mascara for anybody. I had to pay for my air repair. I shared a hotel room with three other girls. So I shared a bed with somebody I only had met that weekend, which is like, what? <laughs> um, I bought all this swag. I paid for my food and everything. Um, I bought all new clothes to go on this trip. It was like royalty themed. So everybody had to wear a crown um, at one of the uh, dinners. Um, and so, and then also along with that, I remember a moment they had like a big all call session in like the main hall at the hotel. And I remember they started it with that song, um, You Should See Me in a Crown. And it was this like big presentation, like get everybody all pumped up and feeling like we're royalty. And again, that's how they were framing it. That like somehow we are this mascara royalty that, you know, we all belong here and we're this community. And it was all just to get us pumped up. And then the CEO comes walking out on the stage with a crown on. And it was just, I think that it's that whole like cult mentality to like make you feel like you're part of this something bigger when like in reality, we're just selling makeup. <laughs> exactly. 
exactly. And in like, and I think it's even more than that. Like in reality, they want you to just think you're selling makeup, but in reality, you're in a cult. <laughs> right. Right. Yes. Um, so that was the conference. Um, I don't think I have any other like crazy things to say about that overall like I had a lot of fun in Vegas I'm not gonna lie but like I I had a lot of fun doing the fun things in Vegas (laughs) I agree well I feel like I similarly like had a lot of fun in Vegas but I also did mostly like the conference stuff I was so exhausted by like all of the things that they constantly had us doing and the time change for me was a lot yeah. And I was just like, Ugh. so I'd like go to the stuff and I was all jazzed up. And then like my dopamine would like drastically drop because like I was all done and I was like jazzed up and I was like, yeah, really get some probiotic. <laughs> <laughs> and then I would go back to my room and sleep for like eight hours. It was insane. Yeah. Um, we went out and had fun and like went to the Paris, like club thing that was up on top of the Paris hotel we actually though I realized after we left I never left the Paris casino we stayed there and every time we would try to leave like it was so big by the time we'd feel like we walked far enough to be out of it we were still in it so like I never actually saw more of Vegas than the Paris hotel and casino on that trip anyway um but it was fun I mean, and I, and I, I left that conference feeling pumped up about my business, feeling pumped up about the connections with the people that I had spent time with, which I guess is, that's the point. They want you to feel all jazzed up. So after that, I did kind of a relaunch, if you will, of my business. Um, and it went well for a little while and then they rebranded, um, to saints which happened uh a year later that yeah so that would have been i think i looked it up i think they rebranded in 2020 and a combination of their rebranding which did a lot of things that i wasn't a huge fan of they took a lot of their products and made them smaller and still charged the same amount for them um i wasn't a huge fan of the rebranding i liked the brand image that they had with mascara. I liked the color palette. I liked the look and feel of it. I didn't like all the work I was going to have to do to rebrand all of my stuff just because they decided to like do a rebrand. Um, I didn't like that. I'd have to buy all new products so that my stuff had the new logo on it. Um, and ultimately then COVID hit and I and this kind of goes for a a couple, because I was in a couple of of MLMs during COVID, but when COVID hit, overall, I didn't like the way, it rubbed me the wrong way, the way that people were using COVID to sell MLM to people. I really just, it upset me that like all these people are suffering, all these people are losing their jobs, and you're going to take that as an opportunity to get them to join your team. I, it felt wrong to me. And that was really kind of the start of my finish with MLM. Yeah. I feel like COVID has been such a huge part of like breaking people's like mindset up about their MLM. COVID has either 
got people into MLM or has gotten people out of MLM, which has been really interesting. And I wish that there was a way to see the data on that. Yeah. Yeah. Because it just, it rubbed me the wrong way. I just didn't like that. You're going to take something that's such a, just such a tragic thing, which we see people do with lots of in MLM with lots of things like let's have you know a sale on a day that's supposed to be a remembrance for the fallen in our country (laughs) you know like stuff like that it's like no this is not a chance for you to peddle your goods this is a day of remembrance this is a day of respect um but it's you know so it's it's not necessarily surprising but it is just as unsettling um and then I'm gonna I guess I'll talk about three really because technically I was an eight but one of them was I was tricked I was tricked into joining really um and that was Melaleuca I don't actually recall when I joined and when I left um because it was so short-lived but I had my uh upline from mascara reach out to me and be like oh my god I just joined this shock club they're doing a special where it's only $1 to join. And then you get in and you can get all these discounts on all these products. But like, she couldn't give me really a whole lot of information about what products they sold or like how much stuff would be or, or anything. But I'm like, it's a dollar, whatever I'll sign up. And then she gets me on a zoom call with these people. And I'm like, I'm sitting on this zoom call and I'm like, this is an MLM. They want me to sell this. Like, this isn't a shop club where like, I'm going to buy stuff um, and that's going to be it. Like they're talking about how they've signed up all these people and they've made all this money and they, and, and I'm like, oh, well, this isn't what I expected at all. Um, I stayed, I think for a couple of months because I was like, well, if this is stuff that I buy anyway, like I'll just buy it, but I won't like market it to anybody. And I, I didn't, I didn't get anybody to sign up but you had to buy like a lot of stuff to stay active. I mean, you needed, they're like, they called it points. I think you needed like 35 points a month, but like, it wasn't a dollar a point. It varied. Some things it was more points, some things were less points. So I was ending up spending almost a hundred dollars a month on stuff that it's like, I don't need cleaning products every month, especially when they sell them and they're super concentrated. I still have stuff in my closet that like I haven't gone through. So it's like, why do I need, am I not, am I not cleaning my house enough? Like why, why do I need to buy cleaning products every month? And so then eventually I just terminated and canceled, but that was like, that was a bizarre one. Um, the other one that I felt like I kind of got tricked into with Beachbody, um, that was in, that one I do know, August of 2019, um, I had put on a lot of weight uh, through my divorce and selling my house and going through all that stress. Um, and I wanted to lose weight. So I was looking for a way to join a community of people that were working out and Beachbody seemed like it was that. The videos I had done Beachbody courses previously my college did like an insanity thing and like a P90X thing. So I had like gotten some exposure to the videos before and I thought it was cool because it was very like regimented. Um, but then when I reached out to the girl, I wanted, she's like, oh, I'm doing a challenge group. 
I was like, I want to be in the challenge group. And she goes, okay, well, you have to sign up with Beachbody to be in the challenge group. Okay, I'll sign up to be with Beachbody to be in the challenge group. That's fine. And then she's like, well, it's cheaper if you sign up as a coach. Overall, in the long run, because you're going to get a discount and you're going to get these products and you're going to, and it's going to be cheaper in the long run. She had a whole like graph, like a whole thing that she had put together that showed me how it broke down and how it was cheaper if I joined. Those graphs remind me of that um, meme from Always Sunny in Philadelphia when the guy has like all of the string and all of the things and he's like, and things are all connected. (laughs) I just watched that episode like two days ago. That's That's hysterical. (laughs) That's one of our favorite shows here. It's like one that we always like go back and watch. Um, But yeah, so she's like, oh, it's cheaper if you sign up. I'm like, okay, I'll sign up, but like, I'm not at all interested at selling or being a coach or signing anybody up. Like I'm already with mascara. I have no interest in being a beach body coach. Like, first of all, like I didn't feel like I was qualified to coach people in their health because I'm not, I wasn't. Um, and so she's like, okay, that's fine. That's fine. You know, just join our challenge group. So I did. And she did these challenge groups. And at the time I felt like, oh, it's fine it's good. Um, but I was actually listening to one of Roberta's podcasts yesterday and it got me thinking that like, you don't have to work out every day and nobody should make you feel bad about not working out every day. Yes. And, and they did because part of her little checklist of what you're supposed to do in this challenge group was take a picture of you working out every day. Yeah. And it's just, that's not, And I did that for a while. I mean, I did several of her challenge groups and they, it also irked me because she would do them in such a way that like, okay, you put $10 in and whoever loses the most weight by the end gets the pot. Okay. But if I'm working out every day and I'm gaining muscle, I'm not necessarily seeing that on the scale. And so for this to be scale focused, I feel is unfair. Yeah. And I don't feel like it's, and I kind of encourages bad habits. I don't want to weigh myself every day. (laughs) It absolutely does encourage bad habits. And like, um, I, I'd love to speak to that. And I know that some people will have different opinions than me about this and that's totally fine. I, I think that there is a way to utilize the scale on a regular basis and not have it be unhealthy if you are not having emotional reactions to it and you're just kind of using it to be aware and be like, okay, this is what happens when I do this and leave it at that. If you are having emotional reactions to your scale, throw them away. You do not need to do that. Um, Some people can do that and they can be absolutely fine and they don't have disordered eating thoughts or habits or whatever. And that's absolutely fine. Good for them. Um, But like, it's okay. Like, I think that some people that do like to use the scale to measure things like get conflicting images because they're like, but I don't have these thoughts. And then everyone's like, stop using it. Like, if you're not putting your entire life behind it, it, I, I think it's fine, but. And I think now I'm at a point where like, I weigh myself maybe once a week, but it's because like, I feel like I'm in a much healthier place with my, with my body and with my weight loss. But at that time it was like, weigh yourself, weigh yourself every 
day, do measurements. And I finally, I'm like, I'm tired of putting money into this because this is stupid. And I'm not, I'm not going to be a part of this because I, I'm going to lose my weight in my own way. And I don't need you to tell me how to do it. So, but in all of that, she kept encouraging, you're great at this. You're so good at this. You're the perfect personality for this. Why don't you coach? And I kept telling her, I don't Don't want to coach. I have no interest. And she kept pushing and pushing and pushing. And eventually I'm just like, I don't want to, I'm going to quit. So after my year ended of like the subscription that I had paid for, for Beachbody in demand, I terminated. Um, and I got myself a personal trainer. I worked with her for a while. And then now I guess I terminated her about a year ago. And then now I just do my own thing. But like, I think from some perspective, Beachbody, the personal trainer, like all of that was kind of a path I had to take to get where I am today. So I don't want to say the Beachbody and my experience with Beachbody was totally worthless. I think it got me in a mindset of moving my body, working out, doing the right things. And I've settled into something that works for me. Right. I feel like that's very similar to the path that me and Nick have taken where like Beachbody did get us started however it also taught us a lot of really bad things and there's a lot of stuff that we're still actively working to undo um but I also wanted to add in there too if anyone's listening and you're waiting to terminate your Beachbody membership at least when I did it uh, we terminated in the middle and they refunded us the difference from the year so um, I didn't know they do that because I would have done that (laughs) yeah Uh, and then also too if you're not using it anyways just terminate it because otherwise they have the opportunity to recharge your credit card and we don't want that so um ultimately terminate your Beachbody membership if that's what you're looking to do either way it's going to probably save you money (laughs) yeah definitely definitely and I, I hated the Shakeology it was disgusting Um, I liked Energize, but like, there are so many other pre-workouts that you can buy for like a third the cost. There's just no reason for it. There's no reason for it to be as expensive as it is. Um, and so it was like, I was just buying stuff to buy stuff. And it was like, why? Um, so that was kind of, oh, I had one more that I kind of got tricked into that I'll talk about. And then I'll finish my, my timeline here young living. So I went to a party and saw the oils and all this other stuff. And on, I don't know, this was in like 2017. I guess that doesn't really matter in the big scheme of things because I was only with young living for like three months. Um, I went to a party. I was like, Oh, this is kind of cool. Like they smell kind of nice. I guess I could see, you know, how they might help me in some ways with stress or whatever. Um, and the girl's like, okay, but the best deal is to buy the starter kit. And at that time to buy the starter kit, I don't know if this is still the case that for kind of mixed reviews, you had to sign up as a consultant to buy the starter kit. And I was like, okay, I guess so. So, cause a friend of mine was also going to do that as well. So I was like, oh, we'll sign up together. So, um, I bought the starter kit. And then I realized that I had to spend $50 a month to, which they didn't tell me when I signed up to stay active, to maintain my discount. And it's like, I don't know. I'm not really into this whole oil healing 
business. And I was in these groups and these people are like, don't give your children medicine and put oils on their feet. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, I am all for parents deciding how to deal with their children. But like, that feels, it feels dangerous to me, the, the culture that has been culminated around essential oils and that community. Um, so I quickly removed myself from that. That was again, very short lived, but that was another one that I felt kind of quote unquote tricked into joining um, was Young Living. They're sneaky. <laughs> um, okay. So then back to my actual timeline of MLMs that had an impact on me. Um, so in, let's see. November 2019, I came across a girl on Instagram who sold Red Aspen. Um, for those that don't know, because I don't feel like Red Aspen's talked about a lot, Red Aspen sells false lashes and um, press-on nails. So to me, that was kind of like a perfect pairing um, for Saint because it, you know, mascara which always got people mascara didn't actually sell mascara the product so like there was nothing that mascara could use for you couldn't use for your lashes you had to get it somewhere else what yeah you didn't and ha- like I did not know that I always they assumed that, that would have been their main product did like, not <laughs> that reminds me when I was a kid I thought that Applebee's only sold food with apples in it and then when I went to Applebee's I was like what kind of restaurant is this like, why are there no like I was literally like 10 years old and I'm like why are there no apple food oh my gosh um yeah but no did not sell mascara and that was actually at that conference in Vegas we kept thinking because they kept hyping up that something totally new was coming and I'm like we're like mascara finally we're gonna get a mascara um but no it was this whole other color correcting like line called Demi so they have like their normal makeup their 3d foundation and then they had this whole other line of of makeup they were going to sell which is Demi color which is all color crafting um and that was another reason why I felt like I wanted to leave because this whole Demi color thing came with this whole like you had to certify with Demi in order to sell it so you had to like do all these online classes and like show that and then pass a test to show that you understand the color wheel and how to you know make sure this goes on people's faces right and I'm like I'm really not going through all of that to buy all these new products to be able to sell them I'm just not I'm not going to because you were required to buy like a starter palette for them and those are like 250 dollars and you couldn't use your discount on it. They didn't earn you commission. So you just had to pay $250 in order to have the makeup so that you could take the test so that you could certify. And that rubbed me the wrong way too. Um, and so I was just kind of like, oh no, not feeling it. But no, I we thought they were gonna come out with a mascara and they came out with that instead. And we're like, what? Um, so anyway, Red Aspen had mascara that I liked. Um, they had false lashes, they had the nails. So it kind of felt like a good compliment. So um, I started following this girl on Instagram, like totally randomly found her, fell in love with her personality. Um, she just was so bubbly. And she was one of those people that you just feel really drawn to. Um, and so to me, signing up with her 
was kind of natural because it felt like I'm going to be her friend. I really just wanted to be her friend. Um, and she lived in California. I do not. So it was like, well, that was kind of like, <laughs> I don't know where I was really going with that, but I kind of thought we were going to be friends. Um, and we were for a while, like I started selling red Aspen. I was with red Aspen, um, from November of 2019 through when I totally terminated everything. Um, I again, really loved the products. Um, I still have a drawer full of nails that I'm working my way through. I, I terminated my subscription. They have like a monthly subscription that you can do. I terminated that several months back. Um, I have enough nails to last me a long time. Um, but I did like it. I liked the products. Um, I haven't really gotten into the whole false lashes thing because COVID hit and I stopped wearing makeup. I have a lot of those too. Um, but again, I just felt like we were, like we we're going to be friends. Um, and then now like she, she was the one that after I terminated, she didn't even, she didn't even reach out to me to like figure out why or what happened or, um, and I started while I was kind of at the end of my red acid and mascara journey, feeling icky. I started seeing anti-MLM content, I think on TikTok once, um, once COVID hit and I downloaded TikTok, that just started to come up on my page. And at first I was like, oh my God, these guys are so dumb. Like, how do they really think this? Um, but then you realize like, it kind of just starts to like get to you. And at some point, we had like an Instagram chat group and my upline was talking about how, you know, you should run your parties this way, or you should try to do these sorts of things in your events to increase, um, your interactions. And I kind of responded back to the group and I'm like, just to be honest, like that hasn't worked for me. Like I haven't gotten any interactions at my party or something along those lines. I don't remember exactly what the conversation was, but my upline then directly reached out to me and said, you're killing me. Please stop saying that stuff in the group chat. I'm trying to pump these girls up. And I'm like, I'm just being honest. Like she totally shut me down. And that was like, oh, okay. Like, <laughs> yeah. And also like, you know, providing validation for other people who are like, oh, wow. Like I've done this a million times and it has never worked for me. And it's like, you get all those thoughts in your head. Oh, I must be a failure. I must not be doing it right. Like, what am I not understanding? Like I had so many times where things like that were like kind of said, and I was like spiraling down. Cause I was like, cause I'm, I'm pretty open on the show. Like I have ADHD and I have a processing disorder. So I was like, and I have dyslexia. So I was like, am I like not doing this right? Is there something I'm like completely not understanding? Like, is this me? Am I like, is it the way that I interpret things? <laughs> like it's yeah. so hard. Yeah. Um, and so that was really, that felt really toxic to me that like, I'm trying to just be honest and like have an open communication with my team. And she just like totally shut me down. Um, so that was kind of, that was kind of a negative. Um, the last MLM I joined was actually Zaya active, um, which is not one I hear mentioned a whole lot either. Um, and that one was kind of, it was just dumb. I don't know why I even joined that one. I liked the clothes. I have a lot of them because I started working out. Right. So I was like, I want to buy cute workout clothes. So then I found 
I found Zaya Active and I was like, okay, I'll buy some of their workout clothes. I do like some of them. I joined finally. So this girl was pressuring me and pressuring me and pressuring me because I kept buying from her. And she was like, well, you know, you could just sign up and then you would get all these clothes, which I did, you know, when I signed up, you know, it's a good deal on like four or five pieces. And then you have a discount and then you can order and then you actually get a discount on everything that you order. And I was like, okay, I mean, I don't really want to sell though. Like I'm already with two other MLMs. I was already feeling kind of icky about MLMs. I don't know if I want to continue to promote them. So like, no. And then finally, when she I even said to her, okay, you finally broke me down. Like, wow, I'll sign up. That was my exact word. And she goes, oh, well, I don't want it to be like that, that I, you know, that I bothered you until you submitted, but, but those are my exact words. Like, okay, you finally broke me down. I'll sign up. Yeah, no, like, cause that's what they do. They paint it to look so, so good. And, and yeah. And if anyone uh, is listening there's a really good dupe site for Zaya. It's called Love Her Shop. Yes. Um, and the pieces are like significantly cheaper. Significantly um, cheaper. And I bought, I, once I found them, I actually bought, I think three pieces that were like exact dupes of products I already owned from Zaya to kind of see like for like how they compared. And they're like identical. Yeah. Like absolutely identical. The branding on them is a little bit different, but otherwise they're identical and they are significantly cheaper. So yes, I would recommend that as well. Yeah. And I think the other difference that I've seen like on the website is that the love her shop has pockets usually and some of those stuff didn't, but like, it could be the same print, but they'll add pockets. And I was like, I mean, I see nothing wrong with that. I do love pockets. Yes. I love me some pockets, (laughs) but they just, they come and they come and they come and they come. And eventually, like I said, I am a perpetual people pleaser. Like it's a problem. And so I finally, like, it's hard enough for me to say no once. And then it's even harder for me to say no twice but you come back to me enough and eventually I'm going to say, okay, yeah, fine. I'll do that. Even though I don't really want to, because that's who I am as a person. (laughs) It's a problem, but I did, I did. I said to her like, okay, fine. I'll sign up. And so I did sign up. Um, and I started with them in July of 2021. So, uh, just last year. Um, and I was with them again until I finished MLMs completely and shut everything down um, in February of 2022. I went through and I just canceled everything. I made sure to clear all the money off of my mascara and red aspen preloaded cards that they gave me. Um, made sure I closed out my parties and got any benefits that I would have gotten from those. Um, because I figured like most of that stuff I had purchased. So I hadn't really ever gotten my commission because I had paid full price for the products to get the bump back to be able to buy more products. And so, you know, I wanted to at least make sure that I had like gotten everything that I was owed because I knew as soon as I terminated that that money would disappear. And so that's like, number one, like get your money off of those places because that's your money. (laughs) Absolutely. Make sure if you have any cards, any back offices, any like wallets or whatever that your MLM calls it, please take your money, please clear your money. 
And I, I, so I fizzled out slowly. I think COVID really did it for me. I think in terms of the really rubbing me the wrong way in terms of people doing kind of dirty things around people suffering from tragedy. And I didn't, I didn't like that. I stopped wearing makeup when COVID hit. Cause like I'm at home. I don't need to wear makeup every day. I'm going to wear it sometime. But then my mascara upline was pushing me to be like, oh, but you should be doing TikToks and you should be doing Instagram lives and you should be doing all these things to like, this is more opportunity for you to do your makeup because you have more time. And I'm like, but then I'm just going to take it off. So like, what's like, what's the point of doing my makeup if I'm just going to take it off? Um, and, and like, I still did my nails. So like red asp and I kind of hung on onto that one a little bit longer, but like I stopped promoting it because I just, I was just kind of over it. Um, and then I bought a house, my boyfriend and I bought a house last year. So I was like consumed with working on that. And they always had this expectation of like, whatever you have going on in your life, you should still have time to post. And it's like, but I don't want to, like, I have all this other stuff that's going on in my life that like, brings me so much joy. I don't need MLM to fill that void anymore. I think there was a point in my life when I did, I needed that distraction and I needed that community to fill a hole that I had. But I think at some point in my healing journey, I didn't need that anymore. And so I stopped wanting to spend my time doing on it, any of that because I was doing things that brought me joy in real life with real people in front of me. And so that was really, I think, kind of what, what got me over the hump of not wanting to spend so much time. I have a boyfriend that hates social media. He does not have social media. So to him, me spending all this time on social media was like asinine. Um, and so for my new year's resolution, I deleted all social media apps off my phone so the only way I access them is through my computer like I have to physically log in on Google Chrome to get to Facebook and Instagram so I've really separated myself from that and that's been really really good for me um so I'm not I'm not one of those anti-MLMers that like has a whole channel where I like which I totally like advocate for you guys for that like I think it's amazing what you're doing but for me that just didn't it didn't fit I'm just I'm living my life now. And I think it, it brings me joy. And I think that's what matters. I think that that's amazing. And not everyone needs to be <laughs> out there. Like, I mean, the more the merrier, if anyone ever wants to, I'm always like, yes, please. Like the more voices. Awesome. But I also think that there's like value in like, you know, you other people like consuming content or sharing content or just being active uh, with creators and things like that. Or like if people are looking for resources, knowing like, Hey, like, have you checked out this person? Like they have really great stuff and it really helped me. Like that's amazing. And I think that that's just as important as the people that create content. Yeah. Um, social media took up so much of my life for so long that like separating myself from it has just been so healing to me and my journey. Um, but when I did cancel <laughs> my upline comments, cause I posted, I did, I made a post on Facebook cause canceling for me wasn't enough because I had, 
all these people that were still reaching out to me like you want to have a party do you want to buy some stuff and I'm like yeah. no I don't um so I made a post I knew it wasn't going to solve all of that because people aren't not everybody's going to see my post but I did make a post that said I have officially terminated all of my connections with MLMs I will no longer being be supporting MLMs I will no longer be purchasing from MLMs or participating in any MLM activities I don't want to be invited to your parties I'm no longer going to come and like every post and comment on everything I'm not going to buy anything. And I had, um, I had someone comment on it asking, oh, so you're no longer going to support your friends by buying products that you used to love. And I thought about it before I responded because it's not, and I'm going to say it now, it's not about not supporting my friends. I can support my friends in so many other better ways than buying a product that they're going to get two dollars off of right like i'd because much rather send my friend twenty dollars on venmo and be like hey like i heard you're having a bad week like go get yourself and your family a pizza yeah that that is or even like going over to my best friend's house and helping her do dishes like there's so many other ways that i can support my friends it has nothing to do with it. And like we've said, there's other products out there that I'm sure I'll love just as much. I have found other shampoo that I love way more than what I had from Monet. The day I canceled from Red Aspen, I went on Amazon and I was like, I'll just buy some dupe press on nails and see if they work. They work just as well. Red Aspen's not special. <laughs> you know, like there's, there's cream makeup out there that I've researched that works probably just as well as mascara that I'm sure I will also love. And I don't need to support my friends by perpetuating their participation in a pyramid scheme. Absolutely. Well said. So that's, uh, I, that's really my, I mean, it's a lot. I feel like it's a lot. And I probably skipped over a lot because I was trying to get through all of them and the whole timeline because it's long. Um, I've been officially separated from MLMs for February, March, April, May. So like three months. So not a lot of time, but I feel like my process of getting out of it was kind of like my process of getting out of my marriage, that it started a lot, a lot sooner than it actually happened. I think you know, that, that I had common. decided in my head that I was done long before I was ready to actually let go. Right. Um, but I think a lot of it, I mean, in my healing journey, it just came naturally of being ready to let go of it because I had filled my life with so much else that I didn't need that anymore. Right. And that I think is what it really came down to for me. Absolutely. Well, that was absolutely amazing. Um, I really like um, having people on the podcast that aren't creators and uh, like I love having creators on too like they're great and I enjoy those episodes a lot but I love like getting back to like the reason I started this was to help people share their stories that don't have a platform to share them and um, it's just so meaningful to me to have you on here to have have you share your story and um, I just thank you so so much for being so vulnerable and talking about so many important things because yeah like the manipulation from like your ex and then like even what you just said too like um like that it took you 
like you started the breakup before you officially broke up with the MLMs. Like that's so real too, because I remember too, I was like done selling for so long until I finally terminated and like found anti-MLM and was like, oh my gosh, yeah, I'm done with this stuff. I knew there was something wrong. Um, and the same thing with like relationships, like, you know, you've been out for so long, like the person that is leaving has usually done a lot of the work in the breakup before they're actually broken up with. Um, yeah. So that's also something that I totally related with. And I feel like it totally relates to that subject too. Yeah. I mean, I think, cause I think I've heard, I don't remember it was on your podcast or remember both podcasts that like, if you're trying to find a therapist leaving MLM, that finding a a therapist that specializes in domestic abuse and things yeah. like that. It's so similar. And it really, yeah. really is. Um, I, I mean, it's got, it's just the manipulation, the control, the, you know, shrinking your social group, which is so ironic because I joined it to try to expand my social group because my social group had already been just reduced down to nothing, Yeah. but you're putting yourself in an echo chamber. Right. You're not expanding yourself at all. You're just putting yourself in a different echo chamber. Right. Um, and so it all is just, it's, it is very, very similar. And I have gone to, um, therapy specifically related to that. Um, but you know, I think it's all related. And I think the therapy that I went through recovering from that relationship also helped me in recovering from this, because even though it's only been three months, like I feel, I don't feel anger anymore. I don't feel sadness anymore. I just feel healed about it, which is why I reached out to you because I felt like I was ready to just share it and be able to speak about it in a logical and linear fashion as best as I could. Um, because I do, I feel like, and that's how I felt in that, in my divorce as well, that by the time I left, I was just like, bye, done. See ya. Yep. <laughs> Please sign the papers. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Oh, I'm so proud of you. That's so great. And I'm glad that you utilized your therapy and the skills that you learned to help you like navigate leaving MLM too. Like, that's awesome that you were able to like, kind of yeah. Use those skills as a therapist. My heart sings here. Right <laughs> um, and yes, also really emphasizing the point, like if you are looking for a therapist after leaving an MLM and you can't find someone that specializes in MLM, um, like it's hard enough to find a therapist. So look for someone who has an understanding of domestic violence or narcissism. Um, and they will be able to apply most of their knowledge to your like your situation and, you know, have them listen to podcasts like this or other podcasts, if they are open to it, um, or, at, or just have them watch a documentary or whatever, if they can do anything to help understand what MLM is, if they're not familiar with it, um, you'll be in a better spot than just getting someone who doesn't even understand that. Yeah, for sure. All right. Sure. Is there anything else that you wanted to talk about before I ask you my final question? I don't think so. I think that I was just reading over my notes. I think I covered everything that I really wanted to cover. I know it was a lot. I could have kept talking for forever, but you know, we got to keep it to something people will listen to. <laughs> <laughs> it was perfect. You did great. So without further ado, what is your anti-MLM lie? So funnily enough, I wrote all these notes and I knew you were going to ask this question and I didn't write that down, <laughs> um, but we're going to just, so we'll just wing it. Um, I think for me, I keep 
consuming content about anti-MLM. I've listened to podcasts. Of, I mean, I listened to almost all of Roberta's podcasts. I actually moved over to your podcast because I ran out of episodes on hers and now I ran out of episodes on yours. And so I had to bounce back and I listen and listen and listen. And I am, I have been in so many MLMs that I don't hear talked about. Obviously there's the big ones that everybody knows about that everybody talks about like the big baddies. But I think those big baddies make people that were in the MLMs that I participated in feel like, oh, but we're not them. Right. We're somehow better because we're not Amway. We're not, you know, Monet. We're not this, we're not that. But in reality, it's all the same. So while my MLM journey was not super successful, I was never anywhere near the top. I never made a lot of money. I never had a big team. I think it's important because I don't feel like enough people in that position come and talk about their story because they don't think it's important. But I think it's almost more important because there's more of us than there are the people that made it to the top. And so, A, I wanted to make sure that these MLMs that don't get talked about much that I've heard of anyway, get talked about and get brought up because their names need to be on that list too. And to speak the story that fits the 99.8% of people that join MLMs. Absolutely. I totally, totally agree. And, you know, a shout out to anyone who's listening. Like if you are like, I have never heard anyone talk about this MLM and you're willing to share your story, please feel free to slide into my DM, send me an email, whatever. Um, I, I do book out usually quite a ways, but I am willing to get you in there. Like I, I, I don't care how big or small your story is. If you want to share it, then you're welcome here in this space. Um, so yeah, thank you so much. Thank you. This was fun. <laughs> this was really fun. And it was like very therapeutic. I know lots of people say that, but it was, it was good to actually like get it all out there in one go, you know? <laughs> I'm so glad you felt that way. Um, all right, everyone. Thank you so, so much for listening. And I hope that you have a fantastic weekend. Bye.